Today on the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad podcast, episode 108, it's all about dealing with strong-willed kids, natural consequences, setting up boundaries for kids and parents. With my guest, Rebecca Freeling from Wits End Parenting, we talk about all about that stuff and how to better communicate between parents and kids and have a better understanding next on the podcast. Let's do this. Welcome to the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad podcast, a podcast about a journey of discovery and conversations about not sitting on the sideline of life. Let's get involved. Here's host Joe Foley. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, my name is Joe Foley. I want to thank you for being here. And this is your first time. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. I really do appreciate you being here. This is a podcast about journey to discovery. Yeah, I'm trying to be journey to discovery. Kind of bring that back a little bit. It's trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work. You know, me as a dad and you as a parent or your father or oh, whatever your circumstances are. We're always trying to figure things out. So I have a question. Maybe you could do, um, do me a favor. If you like this content of this podcast, please share with a friend. And maybe they'll like it too. And if they'll share, then they'll pass it on, pass it on. Get more people to listen and get the message out and all the discussion topics I have with my guests and stuff. They might find interesting. Please share. Please share with a friend. Hit, hit you know, go to, your, go to your app and says share. Hit click, share, whatever, social media, or just tell a friend. I would really appreciate it. Thank you. Next up, my guests are Rebecca Feeling from Wits End Parenting. In this episode, we'll talk about rules are dumb. Yes. <laughs> Strong-willed kids, positive parenting, attachment parenting, and communication between parents and kids. Funny story. I think about strong-willed kids. I can remember when I was a kid sitting on the porch or on the stairs and trying to get my mother's attention to get my point of view across, even though she's the parent, she made the rules, but trying to get my point of view across. And <laughs> I would sit there, I would literally sit there for hours. Or another one was she made pork chops and I sat at that kitchen table. We had dinner around five or six. I remember sitting there and it was dark out when I went to bed. I would not eat that piece of pork chop. <laughs> Maybe it was a strong kid or I was just a pain in the butt. Who knows? Rebecca, she has a lot of good information about communication between parents and kids and get an understanding of what communication really is. Rebecca, she has a lot of good information. So let's jump right in. Welcome to the podcast, Rebecca. Thank you, Joe. It's great to be here. You know, it's funny. I, I like having an intro question and stuff like that, but I was really, I was looking at your book, Rules Are Dumb. That is a cool title. I know what it's about parenting kids. Where did you come up with the title of that book? Because I think that's pretty interesting. I have heard a lot of children say that, where, you know, you're, you're supposed to say, well, these are the rules, honey. And then they just come <laughs> back with, well, your rules are dumb. So th that's a direct quote from many children. <laughs> I don't understand. Why, why is kids so, why are they so against rules? Well, you know, the thing is, they're not so against rules but especially strong-willed kids are against somebody else's rules. And when we start working with kids in a particular way where we're really collaborating with them as an authority um, and they get to start making some of the rules, they, um, they're actually pretty good rule followers as long as they're also allowed to hold you accountable for the things, the rules you made for yourself. So they, they don't, they, they know that they need guidance, but they, they really hate anything that smells like authoritarianism or hypocrisy. You know what it sounds like? 
I might have been one of the strong willed kids when I was. <laughs> I didn't like rules. And I always call people out when I was like, well, you're doing that. Why can't I do that? Right. And stuff like that. So I, I always, always been fascinating with strong willed kids. How can you identify a strong willed kid? One thing is the, a lot of the parenting advice that works for other kids, the parenting advice that works for your neighbor, the things all your friends are telling you to do. You listen to these podcasts and you, and you don't, you don't believe that it's going to work. And there's this feeling of like, well, okay, I'll try it. And you try it and your child responds in some uh, very particular way. Like one of the great pieces of advice we get from positive discipline is give kids choices, right? Mm -hmm. So um, they don't like getting dressed in the morning. Okay, John, do you want to wear the red shirt or the blue shirt? Okay, now John's supposed to pick the red shirt or the blue shirt and feel empowered because you gave him a choice. But my friends are going to say, I want the purple shirt. Oh, well, we don't own a purple shirt, right? When you get somebody who's like going off that path, that's somebody who's um, like, you just told me about your son. He's just decided what he's going to do today. <laughs> it's true. I've just, I've just decided. <laughs> and not all kids are like that. What is one thing I was interested to is about attachment parenting. There's all different types of parenting. I was looking up earlier and stuff like attachment parenting. I found that I've never heard of that one. I've heard the, the, you know, but like I heard like the tiger parent, the helicopter parent. What is an attachment parent? I was kind of curious. So attachment parenting is derived from the attachment theory in psychology, which talks about how well children are attached to their parents. It's a theory. It hasn't been empirically proven. There isn't really an ethical way to empirically prove attachment theory. <laughs> so what's base, one thing that kind of has come out of it is this idea that connection your, your connection to your child is super, super important, which nobody on earth is going to disagree with. But if we take it to an extreme, then we start to identify all of the behavior problems, all of the conflict, all of the difficulties that you're having. We say, okay, first we have to look at how you're connecting with your child. And if your child is really angry with you, if your child is hitting you, if your child is going into rages and tantrums, that means they need more connection from you. To, and so then they have all these different flavors of ways to connect with children. And I deal with families who have really angry kids or really willful kids. And so the advice that these parents have gotten from the attachment parenting, one thing is stay close to an angry child, which is great advice if it's an 18-month-old, great advice if it's a two-year-old, really terrible advice if it's a 10-year-old. Why is it terrible advice for a 10-year-old? Because often those kids who are that angry are hitting you, throwing things at you. When kids start hitting you, that's when you need to make some kind of separation. Not a not an emotional disconnection, not a, I hate you, I can't stand you, get away from me, right? Which mm. is sort of <laughs> the other end of parenting, <laughs> detachment parenting. <laughs> but I'm not going to be with you right now. We can be together when you stop hitting me. And that needs to be made really clear to them. And so when people get really 
wrapped up in the ideas of positive discipline and attachment parenting, they're all beautiful ideas and they work great for a lot of kids. But when kids kind of cross over into extreme willfulness or violence, you really need to be looking more at structure, accountability, authority, and moving in that direction, as well as having good connections with your kids. Well, so from good connections too and stuff like that. And so in this, in this time of um, age of, of parenting too, there's a lot of situations with divorce, divorce mm-hmm. and parenting keep, and trying to keep that connection with the kids. Cause I can see what you just said about a 10 year old probably can happen be the cause and effect of a divorce. There's a lot of things that can trigger kids into anger. And right now with COVID, I'm working with kids that I wouldn't have worked with before because the level of the stress in the house got so high. And so, yeah, there's lots of things that can trigger that. A divorce can definitely trigger it. If you have a strong-willed kid and you're getting a divorce and now, you know, and I have a couple families going through this, they're getting a divorce. Now we're in COVID. We're not even having social time. And then, you know, one family, the mom got diagnosed with COVID. Okay, now we can't even go to mom's house. There, there's so much stress um, that, that there really, it is a very complex situation now. It's always, it's just always interesting when you said that, because connecting the parents, I know as myself, I'm a divorced dad myself and, and the connection with my son is very important. I always have a conversation. How is your day going? How things are going and mm-hmm. actually listen to what he's saying. I mean, I remember growing up, I can, I can think of the parenting style, the authoritarian. That's my mom. Yeah, <laughs> and then my step, and that was like. I remember my and my stepdad. He had a chore list, and it was a, a wooden stick on there, and you got spanked if you didn't do that. Ouch! So there's a different. There was authoritarian parenting, and I was I was scared. You do what you told. You're scared. Yep. And I think I made a choice as a, me as a parent is to listen, talk to him, be firm, but get down. And when I was younger, get down eye to eye contact with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really important piece. And when I'm teaching parents boundary setting, which is the first lesson, like we do a multi-week program together one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And the with first lesson we start with is, okay, how are you going to make a connection when you need to tell your child to do something? And how can you bring more positivity into all the million of connections you have during the day? And one of the first things parents need to be reminded of is if I'm going to ask you to do something, if I'm going to ask you to put your bowl in the sink, it's no fair for me to call it from upstairs. Hey, remember to put your bowl in the sink or to just do a drive-by through the kitchen. Ah, your bowl's still out. Put that away. I want to be face-to-face, eye-to-eye with you and say, Joe, please put your bowl away. Now, now Now it's fair. That was a fair ask. So then if you don't do it, I can go to my next step. Well, I was thinking another thing when you mentioned that too, the next step, and I'm wondering if that's one of the things is, I always, like my son, I always say, listen, please put your bowl in the sink, pick up your trash, throw it away. There's a reason, because we live in the house. We got to take care and clean the mess up. That's the part about living in a house and it's a family. Please pick up your stuff or brush your teeth or your teeth are going to get, you know, get cavities. I, I tried, I mean, I don't know if that's something, I, I think it's explaining sometimes helps too. Yeah, explaining is a, is a really good thing, and, and th- it's a perfect example because if you have a really uh, strong-willed kid who's totally like on their own agenda, totally control, they're going to be like, 
oh, daddy, what's a cavity? What's a bacteria? Can you show me <laughs> what a bacteria is? Right? They're going to like draw it out because now they, they're on to you. Four and five-year-olds are really, really good with this because they know, oh, we want to teach you stuff. Oh, do you want to know about cavities? Let's watch a YouTube video. Yeah, let's watch a YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're, it's a half hour in. They're still not brushing their teeth. You know, and so you have to be careful with the explaining, but of course they need to know why they're brushing their teeth. But after you've told them about four times, they're good. They know it. But what is the, what's the consequences of like not paying attention to the kid? Like, Hey, listen, go do this and not give them the connection, give them the attention they need. That's where they kind of start spinning off into their own space. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard if you're doing the drive-bys or if, you know, the only time you're talking to them is when you're sort of half-heartedly telling them to do stuff. Um, they start to just kind of create their own little world. And they start making these decisions about how things are going to go. And, you know, I have kids who will just in the morning decide how the day is going to happen and not tell anybody. Yeah. And when people don't follow their imagined agenda, <laughs> then they're, you know, then they lose it. And so if you have all these little micro connections through the day, you're going to be tracking together better. And also there's going to be more positive interactions. We want more positive than negative, but it can be really hard to do. So you want to just have that in mind every time you do connect in any way. I was curious too. One thing I was into about positive discipline. I mean, I discipline. I know sometimes discipline is the um, spoil the hand, but I'm not. I don't. I'm not in favor because I always think hitting breeds hitting, anger yeah. breeds hitting. Because most of the time, I think parents when they're mad, like I'm mad. I'm like, I want to, but but it's gonna I be. Wanna, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> because it's it's anger and it's not doing right. and not really doing anything. But I mean, mm -hmm. but what is a like a positive thing you do for discipline instead of doing the negative stuff? So when. When you look at positive discipline, like the, the genre of parenting, what we're talking about is really considering the child's point of view, really making sure, okay, if I want you to get off your video game, I'm giving you enough time to do it. I'm not just yanking you around. I'm also including you, you know, and here's where this thing about choices comes in. Okay. Do you need five minutes? How much time do you need to finish your game? You can have five or fewer. Of course, they're going to pick five, but it's also really giving positive feedback, complimenting them. Thanks for doing the dishes. You do such a great job. I'm so glad you're part of our family, that kind of thing. And, and then just there's some, you know, positive discipline talks about natural consequences. So you, you know, you, you didn't wash your bowl. Okay, well, you can have your dinner in that bowl after you wash it, right? Mm -hmm. We're not withholding food. I'm just saying that's your bowl. When you wash it, you can use it again. And those, those kinds of consequences often will inspire, you know, not so strong-willed kids <laughs> to just go along with the show if you're not barking at them. And if you're not in this authoritative, if you don't do it, I'm going to call you a slob kind of thing. Almost like parents kind of like um, lose a little bit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, get a little yeah. frustrated. But everybody, it happens to everybody. Yeah, and stuff like too. What are like maybe a couple of things that um be positive discipline though? Like maybe one or two things that you could share that that would be like help the audience. 
Yeah. So, and especially with the strong-willed kids. Okay. So you have right, right now, one big thing is the COVID schedule. Okay. And a lot of people are schooling at home. And so we're doing the schedule this whole day. Here's one thing that I'm creating with these, with these kids. There's say something at got a zoom call at 10 o'clock. You've got to do your homework and you need to make your bed. Okay. You do those three things and then you can get your half hour of iPad time that you already think you deserve. (laughs) So these aren't extra rewards. These are things that you feel are your birthright. (laughs) iPad time is my birthright. Okay, great. You can have that iPad time after you do these three things. And what that lets you do is detach yourself from those three things. Did you do your homework? Yes. Did you do your Zoom call? Yes. Did you make your bed? Oh, I see you didn't make your bed. Let me know when your bed is made. I'll give you the iPad. And your child then can push back, and they do. They can say things, they can do things, but you're holding the iPad and you're not arguing. And that keeps your piece of it positive and strong. Their piece of it is their piece. It's not a fight unless two people are talking. If, if your child is pushing back and you are like, okay, I'll give you the iPad. When, let me know when you're ready for it. I'm going to go sweep the back steps, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's how you can disengage from those arguments without having to, to fight. And, you know, another thing we do at bedtime, kids are notorious, right? For pushing off bedtime, pushing off bedtime. Okay, I'm going to be sitting in your bed at eight th- from 8.30 to 8.50 reading books. Mm-hmm. I hope you join me, <laughs> right? And so it's not brush your teeth, brush your teeth, brush your teeth, brush your teeth, brush your teeth. Come on, wash your face. Come on, put your thing on. Come on, Ed, put your laundry. It's I'm here and at 8.50, I'm getting up and leaving, right? And so it's a way to set a boundary without having to have a battle. I'm also curious too. I don't know if you could share any any situation, maybe a couple stories of examples about a strong-willed kid. Yeah, I have. I, I have a kid who actually bought his own mouse. He went, he had this special <laughs> mouse that that he bought with his money, and so he decided that since he had bought the mouse, he could do anything he wanted with it. Right, mm-hmm. which actually isn't true even of adults. I bought my car, but I can't do anything I want. <laughs> <laughs> and so when it came time for uh, they were using this system, I call the system the checkpoint system, where you have these checkpoints during the day. Came time for him to play his video games. Um, his his dad took his mouse and said, "Yeah, you can do your video games after you have done your little list." And these are short lists; these are short periods of time during the day, and this kid just like completely lost it because that was his mouse. That's my mouse. You know, the dad just had the mouse in his pocket, was going about his business. <laughs> and after about a half an hour, the kid just sort of huffed and puffed, went. He, he actually, the only thing he had left to do was to turn in one homework assignment. So he uploaded his homework assignment and he came back and he said, can I have my mouse now? Dad gave him his mouse. Okay. He went on. And that's kind of how that, how that looks. Other strong-willed kids have, we've needed to really increase their, I call it raising their status in the family. Mm -hmm. And it's basically giving them a whole lot of chores to do. 
So they become <laughs> indispensable in the family. Make them feel real and, important. Yeah, they're important. I It's my job to make lunch on Wednesdays. And if lunch sucks on Wednesdays, okay, fine. Don't complain. Right. <laughs> but that's the job. And, and I've had numerous kids really say things like, oh, well, now I'm, now that I'm stronger, I don't have to fight with my dad so much. Now that he's letting me do stuff, I don't have to fight with him so much. That's a pretty interesting. Like an example of stuff like too. You're a parent, co- I'm parent coaching. I'm like, I know you some of the service you are, have now, but what is it? What is parent coaching? What is that all about? So parent coaching is a way for parents to learn how to set structures, how to, <laughs> how to interact with their kids in ways that might not be intuitive to them, probably different than the way they were raised. And I do work primarily with the parents. Later in the program, I bring the kids in so I can teach them how to collaborate with them. You know, but it's it's kind of like, okay, you want to run a marathon, you want to raise this child in a particular way, and you have a child who's like not fitting into the parenting book <laughs> advice. <laughs> okay, here here we go. And I have one program that's very intensive where people can text me and I'm texting back all day. You know, I've been in this conversation with a parent today, you know, okay, here's what he's doing now. Okay, here's what you're gonna do. I'm kind of the little bird on their shoulder that can coach in lifetime. And then also we review once a week. Okay, here's the plan. How did it go? How did you come up with the uh, wits and, I know your website is wits and, how did you come up with that title? That's pretty That's pretty cool too for parenting, wits and parenting. Wits and parenting. I had first just been going under my name, Rebecca Freeling. And then I thought, no, you know, let's make this, let's make this a company, let's grow this, let's have <laughs> it be a thing, right? And well, what do we call it? And so I just started flipping through my intake notes, you know, where I just kind of write what people say when they're on the f- initial phone call with me. And it was like, I'm at my wits end. I'm at my wits end. I don't know what to do. I've tried everything. I'm at my wits end. So I'm like, okay, wits end parenting for people who have tried everything. Like- <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting to your book, The um, Rules of Dumb. We know we talked about the title in the beginning. But what is that about? What's more about that book? What is it, and, and any useful tips, maybe some tools they can, parents can use in that book? Absolutely. So that book kind of has three parts. The first part is about your mindset. One of the difficulties with having a really strong-willed, spirited kid is you start to think there's something wrong with them or there's something wrong with you. And so that first part is just about let's really flip this to the positive. This kid won't take no for an answer. Good. Neither did Martin Luther King. Good. Mm -hmm. Neither did like most of the people that we admire and put on postage stamps wouldn't take no for an answer. Like that's, that's what we want. So we really have to look at some of these qualities as, oh, this is a strength. Okay, great. Now we have that. So then the the second part of the book is about discipline and it's Mm -hmm. about a specific discipline strategy, consequence strategy that works for a lot of kids. It doesn't work for every family situation, but it's basically about, okay, if you don't listen, then this happens. And it's consistent and it's not fighting. And then the third part of the book is about collaboration, which is where you have to get to when you have strong-willed kids. If you don't get to the collaboration part where they feel like they're really part of the decision-making, then you're always going to be chasing discipline. 
And we want to be able to move beyond that to this true collaboration. I still like the title though. <laughs> Rules are dumb. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rules and, are and dumb. Kids, I, I showed it to one of the kids I was working with the other day because, uh, you know, I said one of my lines to the kids is, you know, I think kids should should help make some of the rules in the house. He's like, yeah, yeah, they should, because my parents make rules, but they're all dumb. <laughs> I'm like, oh, let me show you a book I wrote. And he goes, oh, send me that book. I want to read it. <laughs> well, I guess I'm um, wrapping up. Final thoughts. Anyone leave a parents maybe some advice about strong-willed kids and, and positive discipline? If you're feeling like you have failed and that you're a terrible parent and you're doing it wrong because all of the other people who are doing a timeout say it works, but your kid picks up the timeout chair and throws it at you, you need a different approach. If the things that you are doing aren't working, it could be because you're not being consistent. It could be because you're you're, you're not doing the technique right. It could also be that they're designed for kids who are not your kid. And when people go to my website, they're going to find a lot of blog articles. There's a lot of writing on there. You can see some YouTube videos and just feel out like, yeah, <laughs> is Rebecca talking about my kid? Um, you want to be really bringing out these strengths really bringing out the collaboration, but collaboration from a place of authority. And that is a difficult thing to do. It's a, it can be a mindset flip for people to get to that place. Also, where do they connect to you? They want to have more questions about your book and maybe about some services you have? Yeah, my website is witsandparenting.com. And witsparenting.com. The book, uh, Your Rules Are Dumb, is available on Amazon. If you want to check that out first. And we can have an initial phone conversation that's, you know, a little bit of an assessment, a little bit of, okay, here's the, here are the things that need to happen. And here's how I could help. Some people just get that initial phone assessment and go, okay, let me work on those things. And see <laughs> if I need more help later. Rebecca, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. All links will be in the show notes for this episode. I really do appreciate you being here tonight. Thank you so much, Joe. It was a pleasure talking with you. Wrapping up on, on this episode, I want to thank Rebecca for being a guest on the podcast. You can find more about her over witsandparenting.com. You can find all the show notes for this episode at No City on the Sideline dot com slash 108 hey please reach out leave a comment you have a question or just want to say hello i'd like to see how well you're doing and how much you're enjoying this nice weather right now we're in may right now time of the recording and, and the weather's getting better so and people are getting outside more you can find all my contact information no sitting on the sideline dot com slash contact wrapping up thank you for listening i really do appreciate spending time it means a lot and it'll be good, really good information about the positive parenting and, and help deal with um strong-willed kid. Rebecca shared a lot of good information. All, well, thank you for listening. Until next time, take care. Give your kids a hug. Tell them much you love them. Also, reach out to a friend. And this time, especially after we have COVID and stuff, people just call them. Hello, how are you doing? Nice to see you. Or just reach out and see how somebody's doing. You know, it means it goes a long way. Until next time, take care. God bless. See ya.